Mr. A here, saying, how y'all doing? Yo! Are you ready to rumble? Or should I say tumble? Cause I don't stumble, I fumble like a cracker by a gumbo. Standing on the ground, flat feet firm, killing worms and germs. And I'm doing it on my terms. That intro is longer than I remember. Um, we are back. We're waiting for, for Brent. He is in the waiting room again. Brent loves to hang out in the waiting I room. I know. He keeps leaving. I don't know why. As soon as we start the show, you leave every time. It's so like funny. Like you have to go to the, like a kid. He's like He's got to go to the bathroom, like right before we leave. And, and I go, and Brent exits in my head, literally. And we just keep going. And it's like, he'll be back before too long. <laughs> I, well, I know how to talk. You, I get I get kicked. I don't I don't know why it happens. I have no idea. I get I don't know if it's because we're starting recording or something like that, and we've know. got to bring you in it. I don't know. It's it's probably Technology. some software glitch. I just love it. Welcome to the Rumble, guys. Hi, man. As always, I've got Brent Hooper with me and our lovely producer, the one, the only, the fierce, the mean, the 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 insane baby cakes is going to be taking care of us. So all of the really cool stuff that you hear on this show, if They're any very of it is cute, you left that out. Uh, well, she is cute. She's fierce hot. and mean. That's for sure. That's for sure. I hit on her after the show <laughs> every week. Every week. I'm sleeping my way up to the top. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I've clawed my way to the middle. I would try sleeping with people if it'll get you to the top. That's for sure. <laughs> so clawing doesn't work. I can tell you that much. Guys, we have got a really interesting show. Brent and I have been going back and forth. Obviously, Donna's interjected her opinions in there, too. And we kind of came up with what is probably going to be a bit of a hodgepodge of a show. Just so that you understand, it's going to come at you in three rounds. Now, Brent and I are not debating because by and large, both of us want to be on the side of right and not on the side of wrong. While we may not always agree on every single little thing that we talk about and a debate may break out, that is not the point of the show. The point of the show is to unpack some of these more complicated issues that we run into um, when we're handling claims. And so really the idea is helping you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Yay. And that's the idea of the show. And I actually got that byline right on the first yes. try. That's awesome. So, I mean, hang on a second. I just, I mean, round of applause. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I, You know. You need to sit down. I'm feeling your love right now as you clap and yell and scream someone else's name. It is awesome. Same thing happens to me in sex, too. It's weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to leave it in, you know. Say my name. Stanley. <laughs> Say my name. Stanley. <laughs> Uh, we just lost a couple of listeners. Look, we have got we've got a couple of different topics that we're going to hit today. I know the first one that we're going to talk about. So when you hear the bell, um, we're going to be jumping into fees, um, and most specifically, um, you know, public adjuster fees. We're going to talk about, and then maybe even some other expert fees as they pertain to. Um, Proving a loss. I don't know how else I would put that, but I mean, as it pertains to documentation that is required to prove the loss, we're going to be talking about those fees. Brent, you got anything you want to add before we get kicked off and start slugging it out? Uh, no, no, because that that's gonna that's going to um, that's going to spread like a tree root. There's there's all kinds of meat on that bone, but yeah, out, out, and then. I have breaking news. 
David Crosby has died. David Crosby of Crosby, Crosby Stills and Nash. David Crosby. Um, just a little salute to David Crosby. Take a moment of moment silence. silence. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry to announce to you that David Crosby has passed to the other side. And and Kate, well, everybody, I mean, this is like being recorded right now when this happened, and by the time it goes out, it'll be like a week later. But you heard it here last. Yes. So um, just know that we are your source for <clears throat> for late late breaking for late breaking news for late breaking, breaking late news, news. breaking late news. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know if y'all heard, but Hurricane Ian made landfall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's nothing worse than a guy that laughs at his own jokes, and that's me, guys. So, um, <laughs> no. So anyway, we're—I mean, we're gonna—we're gonna get into this. It's gonna spread out, guys. As always, please leave your comments, your questions, your thoughts. Um, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your social security numbers, your children's names, anything like that in the comments below. Like and subscribe. Our self-esteem depends on it. Our self-esteem does, <laughs> does depend on it. And uh, when you see the link, if you can share it on your Facebook page to get this knowledge out to everybody. And uh, I'll even take your haterade. If you got a little bit of haterade, throw it down there. If you disagree, yeah, we want to hear about it. Yes, I mean, we may have you on the show. You, you never yeah. can tell. So... um always always interested to hear different perspectives i want to hear disagreements um if you are working on the carrier side of things by and large we are going to cover the side that is not the carrier but if you do work on the carrier side and you would like to bring a perspective please let us know again we might even want to have god you on the you. show god bless you god bless you for doing the hard work out there without you we wouldn't have jobs so we do really appreciate your effort and all that you do in the industry thank you so much but uh, so, yeah, first up is going to be fees. So, so fees. Go ahead, Brent. You guys are capped down there in Texas, right? As public adjusters, yes, we are capped. There is some nuance to how we charge, but by and large, we're capped at 10%. Okay. So we we have a little bit different uh, feel up here in Maryland and in the Mid Atlantic. Um, we're not capped, right? Um, but so you know, there's a little bit of variation in in our fee structure, I guess, depending on the claim. Do you guys do you, like? How do you guys do it? Like there at Remedy or you know, your your friends you know, your, your peers and friends and folks in Texas. I mean, you're capped at 10 is 10 pretty much the, like, what's the market? I mean, occasionally you'll run into, for those of us who use contractors as a vertical, as far as a marketing vertical goes, right. um, I know of PAs that deal with, you know, large commercial losses, you know, north of a million dollars and things like that, those losses that are north of a million dollars. I know some of them will no negotiate a lower fee than the 10% cap that we're at. So um, different contractors will get with public adjusters for the purposes of doing it for 7% because of the volume that they bring them. There could be, I mean, there's a lot of different things that I wouldn't necessarily fall into the category of quid pro quo necessarily, but there is some concession, right. you know, kind of some wholesaling, if you will, of the services. Sure. Yeah. 
sure, sure. You know, which is which is interesting because I, I again like just to reiterate what Jeremy said to start the show. The idea here is for us to kind of talk about things through the lens of two folks that are pretty. You know, we're doing it every day, so that's that's the angle that we're coming at these things. Um, so let me, dude, when you're when you're talking to like a referral partner, so you're pretty much cap to ten. The wholesale thing makes sense. Larger losses make sense. You know, maybe maybe you adjust down a couple points or what what have have you. But like, do you run in? Like, you know, say say you meet a new contractor, right? This is the shit that I think about all the time. And frankly, it's the stuff that I experience pretty frequently. It's like you come across a new contractor. Maybe, you know, maybe they're not so much familiar with PAs, but they're interested or whatever. You know, they kind of, they want to understand more about what we do and how we do it. And, um, you know, it always comes up. You, you kind of give them the 100,000 foot view. And then they're like, so, so what do you charge, man? How's that work? They, you know, how's the money work? And it's not a dumb question. I mean, it's, it's a great question. Well, obviously, then, you know, we don't work for free. Right. <laughs> but then but then you say, you know, to some degree, whether it's 5% or 10% or 25%, there's there's a, a level of, uh, um, or a degree of, it's all relative. You know what I'm saying? Because whether right. you say 5, 10, 20, you know, when, when, you, when you share that, that our, our fee structure or whatever with them, you get that like withdrawn recoil, ten <laughs> percent. You know, again, I'm not trying to mock a contractor. I've just had them look at me that that uh, that way enough times. So, you know, they look at me like fucking ten percent. That's all my profit. <laughs> you know, like we've all heard it. And so, you know, I, I guess the the question is like, I don't know, how, like, what do you do when when you know? I, of course, I got answers, but that's sort of the first thing that comes to mind. It's like. You know, you want to help contractors, you want to help the homeowner, and, and they're like, well, how much you charge? It's like 10% or 12 or whatever, and it's kind of like, well, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, uh, one of the things that I do, one of the things that I do when I'm explaining my fee structure or whatever, I mean, I basically, you know, um, I've obviously heard this. I heard, I've heard you say it, Brent. I've obviously said it a bunch, but these are, this is basically kind of where I land. Um, I basically, you know, paint it so that so that it feels better do you know what i mean you know it's like for look i'm gonna be using that out of context well why wouldn't you um the so i you know i'll say something like just for every dollar i get you all i ask is for one dime out of the dollar Right. And, 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 and sometimes the dime feels smaller because it's actually the smallest denomination coin that we have. You know, it, it just feels it's thin, it's small, it's, it, it appears to be an insignificant portion, but it boils down. It's just 10%. And that's what we're capped at in Texas. And I have had contractors go, well, you know, if we, if I actually had a roofer just this, uh, past hail season back last spring go, I, you know, I was trying to convince him. I said, probably the best way for us to handle this is once you believe that you have a claim, bring us in and then we'll file the claim and we'll handle the thing cradle to grave and it'll just be a much smoother, smoother transition. And he looked me deadpan in the face and goes, yeah, we only pay like 8% or 7% for that. And I'm like, well, I guess we'll move on from that conversation because my price isn't negotiable. You know what right. I mean? And, right. and because... I the reason that I want to start a claim beginning to end is because I have obviously the opportunity to control the narrative, not to sound like a broken record, but I get to set 
I get to set the tone for what happens. And yeah. so because I believe 10% is a very fair, affordable, lower fee, you know, and when you start going below that, the juice is not worth the squeeze anymore. Yeah. So it's interesting because um, I spent a lot of time thinking about this before getting into the claims industry. You know, I, I was in, you know, corporate sales and medical sales and stuff like that. And so the business development um, part of what we do is something that fascinates me because I think we're in a, a somewhat unique sort of market. And so anyway, you know, I've kind of broken that conversation down into two buckets, right? So. Um, you know, when you're talking to that p potential referral partner, there's sort of two two fundamental buckets that the claims fall in. You're either getting in at the beginning, in which case, you know, your fee, in effect, is is a portion of the whole claim. Or, on the other side, you're getting in, you know, 30, 60, 90, 8 months, 10 months. <laughs> you're getting in later... You know, you were the last guy that got invited to the party, and the only reason you got fucking invited is because somebody got sick, right? And then so we come into the claim, and we're we're charging, you know, on I'll just say the increase, but usually again, you're talking about partial partial denials and things of that nature. Where when you compare those two, I'm just going to say two types of claims, or those excuse me, those two scenarios. Either you're getting in at the beginning controlling the narrative, or you're getting the phone call later where two, three inspections have happened, an engineer's report have happened, you know, there's all these other issues now. And the latter of the two, it's like, as a public adjuster, if we take on the claim and we effectuate a good settlement, we get measured against that starting point. So it's like, hey, I took a claim from $800 to $50,000, high fives. Like, you know, we're heroes versus the former where it's like, hey, we get brought in at the beginning. We, you know, did all the preliminary intake with the homeowner or the policyholder, you know, conducted a preliminary inspection, ran the adjuster meet, presented a proof of loss. We did all these steps within 30 days and the homeowner has an ACV check within 45 days. And it's it's sort of a, the paradigm kind of gets turned on its head because, and I've experienced this. That's why I wanted to talk about it. It's like, you know, referral partners are like, well, what the hell are we paying ten percent for? Like, we could have done that, you know. And that's sort of that's the that's the the uh, the quandary again from a, as it relates to a business development sort of fee, I want to valid, fee validation. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, it's and it's an everybody always thing. thinks they could have done that, right? Right. Do you, you, you know what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. thinks that they, they could have done that. Superman flies in, lifts a bus off of you. And like, oh, is that all it took? He's just lift the bus. Well, we could have done that. Hey, and by the way, you know, because I, I have it written down here, like this conversation, there's so much that's transferable between, you know, talking to a prospective referral partner versus a homeowner. Homeowners, you know, it's a similar, it, it, takes on a very similar uh, trajectory. You know, a homeowner calls in and they've got a loss and, you know, they want our help and how much does it cost? And we tell them, and then you get the question of, well, the insurance company is going to come out and offer me something, right? Because they start doing the math. 
And the question they're asking is, can I just call you after I get my first check? Right? It's the same right. sort of, it's the same sort of principle there. You know, the referral partners, whether it's a, you know, a MIT contractor or a general contractor or a roofing company, you know, it's sort of that same, uh, the, the crux of the, the inquiry is the same. It's like, do I hire you now or do I hire you later? You know, and, and the reason is money. You know, they're, 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 they're trying to find the value in why would I hire, you know, we just got this thing signed up. There hasn't been an adjustment. Why would I bring you in now? Why would I pay you, you know, if it's a $20,000 claim at temper, you know, why, why would I pay you two grand if they were going to come out and approve the roof anyway? Okay, so the, the only the only and I, I realize there's a lot of questions in there. That was more of like me setting the stage, right? It's like well, and and fair enough, fair enough. But I I do want to make this one. I I do want to throw this out there though, because if that is the stage that you're in fact setting, okay, there's a couple of things that must be true for the person that knows that. More than likely, they're either a contractor. Do you know what I'm saying? Or or. They, they they may have had some experience in filing a claim before. Do you know what I'm saying? They may have been something. They believe in their own head that the insurance carrier is going to pay them something. Um, they have decided in their own head that this is a covered loss. And so, and, and as it speaks for that, as it speaks for that, I just want to make sure that the stage is clear here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to refute anything that you said, but we have to understand the caliber of the people that we're talking to come in different shapes and sizes. And their awareness, their awareness of the claims process and what is going to happen next is, is, is up for much more debate than you realize. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to find this interesting. I'm not going to go yet because when I pull this ripcord, it is going to be ugly. So go ahead and finish your statement there, Brent, but just tread carefully because I'm about to explode. <laughs> oh, expense is building. Um, well, that kind of, not to sound contrived, but that kind of was the end of my thought. You know, the bounce pass back to you was, the question was like, do you run into that shit? And like, what do you, you know? Well, yeah, I obviously. How, obviously how do you do unpack it. that? How do you unpack that for a contractor? You know, or, you know. Okay, so, well. As as it pertains as it pertains to, and I've got some new answers as it pertains to dealing with a homeowner, which is one situation. Okay, um, because you run into a fair amount of homeowners that don't have a significant that, that may not have had a bad experience with their insurance carrier. Um, they may not have had Dude. a bad. They may not have. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I, I'm, I'm doing that thing. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to. <laughs> You want to role play it with me? Like I'll just play. I'll just play your quintessential homeowner. You you be the public adjuster. I'll be the homeowner. First of all, I can't I believe we're already at twenty minutes. I don't feel like we've said anything yet. That's crazy. So well, we may have to. I, I we haven't done anything. I can't end the round. We haven't talked about anything. We have. We just we have two more rounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is just going to be maybe one round. I don't know. That was kind of the 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 tree root thing that Brent was talking about. I mean, yeah. I can ring the bell for 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 posterity you know for for tradition's sake i guess but i mean what i'm saying <laughs> i would love to role play this so i want to get into the role play on this before any bells and i'll and i'll add bells in later but 
I, the point, the point that I, I want to make here is yes, I would love to role play this. Do you want to be a homeowner? Or do you want to be a contractor? Um, the, the, the case I was making before is the line of thinking is sort of the same. So it really doesn't matter. And I'm going to keep it super top line, but I'm going to throw a couple objections at you that, you know, that you can, you can answer. And then we can flip the script if you want and reverse roles. But here, so here's the scenario to get into it. The scenario okay. is I'm, I'm, I'm just your average contractor. You know, I've been in and around the game a little while. I'm aware of public adjusters. I've used one a couple times. And frankly, maybe we're meeting for the first time, you know, and um, in, in, in your mind as the public adjuster, maybe I could, I could be a, a good referral partner for you. And so mm -hmm. we're just meeting and, and so goes it, you know. Okay. Um, so I'll get started. Hey, Jeremy. All right. Great to meet you. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, man. Yeah, dude, I've, I've worked with a public adjuster a couple times, you know, in the past. Um, when the insurance company was dicking me around and, um, you know, I've had mixed experiences, but honestly, you know, it takes forever, you know, it takes mm -hmm. forever. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that was kind of bittersweet for me. And then, you know, of course, depending on the claim, you know, I've had a couple of them where it's like, by the time a public adjuster gets paid their, their rip, I'm sitting over here, you know. Trying to figure out, trying to figure out if I'm going to eat ten grand on this claim or if the homeowner is going to finance the ten grand for the next ten years. Like it, it just ends up kind of fucked up. Okay, well, fair enough. Um, let me just ask you a couple of questions. And so, in the times that you've used public adjusters, where in the process have you brought them in? Uh, usually, usually it's after you know stuff's not getting paid. Like I said, you know, I'm getting jerked around and, and, you know, we're three, four months in and it's just kind of a, it's a, it's a crap shoot. Right. Okay. So that, 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 that's great. That's great. So how would you feel about, why don't you just go ahead and just make this one small adjustment and bring the public adjuster in early? Well, cause the way that I understand it and you know, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, if I bring you in, let's just say, what do you charge, Jeremy? Like 10%, something like just that? Just like 10%. In fact, I charge 10%. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I bring you in and, you know, maybe we're talking uh, just a roofing, siding, exterior claim. We'll just call it a $40,000 claim, right? Okay. So, you know, I bring you in at the beginning and you're getting 10% of the whole thing. It, it, it eats into my profit. Like, I, you know, it's like, so, you know, I, I realize you got to get paid for what you do, but shit, man, it's like, you're getting four grand out of this deal. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really, as a contractor here, I don't really have an answer on where I'm going to recoup that from. I'm lucky to get the deductible from the homeowner. Well, and, and, and fair enough. I, and, and I want, I want you to, I want you to know that I completely get where you're coming from there. Do you know what I mean? And by and large, my fee should really come out of the homeowner's pocket until we can get to a place where um, the carriers pay for it. Right. You know what I mean? Because right now, yeah. right now, the carriers won't pay for it. So this is the situation that we're stuck in is where it actually does come out of the homeowner's pocket. And I agree with you. I don't think it should come out of your pocket. I think that you should get paid for the job that you do. And I think it's very, I think it's delineated very clear within the estimate of how much the job costs. And, and if we're going to stand by that, I agree with you. I don't think you should have to eat it. Well, then I guess, all right. So you're telling me that you don't expect me to eat your bill or eat your fee for mm -hmm. lack of better terms, right? And 
So the homeowners got to pay it per se, which right. not per se, but they do. But like, so if I were going to bring you in at the beginning, well, now you're making me like tell the homeowner, hey, this might cost you four grand if your claim gets approved, plus your deductible. So now I got to, like I said, I mean, we have a hard enough time getting a homeowner to, to understand that they're required by law to pay their effing deductible, but now I'm going to tell them we're going to bring you in and and it's going to cost more? How, how, do, yeah. how do I do that? How do you do that? And so, look, look, <laughs> I, I completely understand your position, and, and I don't want to overplay this scenario or seem to be too soft-spoken here, but this is what I would tell you, is that at some level, you're talking to me. So we're already having this conversation. So what I know is, is that the results that you get out of the carrier are not necessarily the results that you want. So what you want to do is involve me to get you up over that, up over that Delta. So your concern is, is that you're going to go ahead. So do you believe in this $40,000 claim that you're talking to me about? Do you believe that you're going to get something? Is that kind of what you're driving at? And you don't, you just want to pay me for the increase is kind of what you're saying, right? Well, I guess, I guess from a business standpoint, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm being silly when I, when I say, why would I pay points on something that I was going to get anyway? So yeah, if I'm answer, if I were to answer your question directly, like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, say, I mean, look, a lot of people feel the way you do, first of all, and I, completely, <laughs> I completely understand. I don't you know, know if that's I mean? a good or a bad thing. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it is what it is. You know, lots of people want to see Star Wars on opening night. You know what I mean? Lots of people feel that way. And so I just want you to know that, that that's a very normal way. And I understand why you might have that perspective. But can I ask you just a couple of questions that didn't have anything to do with fees and sort of, you know, your experience as a general contractor and what it's like? So as a percentage, um, what would you say, what percentage of jobs that you do would you say are insurance claims? Um, 50, 50, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60% insurance, 60% insurance. Right. Okay. And why do you do insurance jobs? Um, generally not just do it all retail. Yeah. Why do you get involved in this? You know, my answer changes every day. Um, (laughs) uh, some days my answer is because they pay pretty daggone well. Right. Okay. Um, and you know, other days I'm asking myself why I don't just do fucking look, anybody who's a contractor is asking him that, that question probably every day. It's like, why did, I mean, I want to do insurance work because the work is plentiful. The work is funded. The work is generally, you know, pretty cut and dry. Once you kind of get it all settled out, I know what's expected out of me. I know what kind of money I'm getting up front and, and, those things are, are, uh, regularly settled, you know, you know, and it's, and there's not a lot of conversation or argument. So I understand why they can be attractive. One, they're plentiful, you know what I mean? And they're funded. So you know where the money's coming from and you don't feel like, you know, somebody's grandma can't, you know, have the assisted living place anymore because mama's got to have a pool. You know what I mean? And so I understand that, you know, when you're dealing with funded money, that's not necessarily the homeowner's money and those kinds of things. I understand why those jobs would be attractive, but here's the thing. 
Here's the thing that you have to understand and that I know that you've had experience in because if 50% of what you do involves an insurance carrier, you're going to understand the headache that I have. Insurance claims take longer than regular jobs, correct? Uh, yeah. They do. Yeah. And part of it is because of the process that we have to go through, right? Yeah. Now, what if I told you? What if I told you that the reason these things take long or the reason these things have less than less than satisfactory outcomes is because of the way that we're handling the claim from the beginning? And that's what I'm here to talk to you about is because you have had mixed results by bringing a, a public adjuster in at the in the middle of the claim. So that's not always worked out for you. And then by and large, you don't want to bring them at the beginning because you feel like you're paying points on something that you would have gotten anyway, correct? Right. So here's what I'm going to tell you. That so far, based on what you've told me, hasn't worked for you. You have not experienced any level of consistent success that's sustainable and predictable at all. So that's not working. Well... It's been sustainable because, as you said 20 minutes ago, I'm here talking to you and I'm in business and we are growing. It's sustainable, but it's painful. Yeah, that, and so, it's so painful. What we, that's what, and that's really more what I'm driving at is the pain. You know what I mean? And the problem is, is that the law really restricts how much you can do as it pertains to this given claim. You are abs You walk into this thing not having the final say so. Nobody right. cares about your expertise. That's the situation that you're in. And it seems to and you get into this place where why won't anyone listen to me? Why won't the desk? When I say that this is the way that it's got to be done, I get I get met with all these arguments of how it could be done less expensively. And that's really the point of the public adjuster. Okay, so if we hire the right public adjuster, Brent, this is the deal, is that if you hire the right public adjuster that understands that it's his job to control the narrative, number one, because the reason that you're getting these mixed results is because we're playing it the way the carrier wants it to be played. And so right. the, there are steps that are involved, whether it is I'm going to go out, he's going to come out, he's going to do an inspection. And you're right. He's going to cut you a check for 25 of the 40 grand that you need. Boom. You know what I mean? And so now you're getting out of paying me 2,500 bucks. So now what happens is you get that thing back. It sits on your desk. Let's say in, if you're, if you're working hard, it sits on your desk for a day and you read it over and then you kind of go through and you audit and you go, this is what I'm missing. Okay. So that's an, that's another two days. You know, if you're not an Xactimate guy, if you are another Xactimate guy, you've got to get the estimate and the supplement prepared. There's three or four days. Okay. Then you've got to submit it. They then in the state of Texas would have 15 business days to review that. So now where we're looking is we are a full, seriously, four weeks down the road. You are a full four weeks down the road from where we were if we'd have had an estimate come in at $40,000 in the beginning. Right. And so that's what I do is I is I am going to come in and we're going to start at the $40,000 number and supplements are going to be used for what supplements are supposed to be used for is additional scope that we weren't aware of when the job began. So... We can end, and that was a long role play, but we can we can end there, right? 
Right. Because there's a lot, a lot of value in that. So that, that again, that was a long role play, so perhaps we don't need to flip scripts. But something that I try to convey is when I'm in that, that conversation, the same one that we were just in, what I try to explain to a contractor is, hey, it's a good question. And what we're talking about, kind of plain and simple, is a business decision. It really is. And I think my my sort of um, my personality, while we're very similar, Jeremy, my person like we're also a little bit different. And so my approach when I'm communicating in this scenario is a little bit different because it's like, look, at the end of the day, you can pay me now, or you can pay me early, or you can pay me late. Because what I have seen, what I have found, is that when we get involved at the beginning, it's faster. When I get the phone call four or five months into the claim, sometimes it takes me a month and a half just to get all the freaking claim docs. Like, I'm not even right. exaggerating. Because, I, you know, I'm pulling, I got to get, I'm getting documentation from a contractor. I'm getting documentation if it's a water loss or fire, you know. I'm, I'm I'm pulling documentation from the MIT company and the textile company or the whatever, you know. I got to fight the carrier tooth and nail to get to get you know all the partial denial letters and the freaking you know every iteration of the revised scope. So that way I can see what the what the, try to get some semblance of what happened. I'm like, you know, so here you are. You're calling me six months in, and it takes me four weeks, four six weeks just to just to get caught up. And guess what? The result, the outcome, the state of affairs remains the same. You're not getting paid. Your claim's still sitting there for another month and a half. Right. 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 So it's like, again, and I don't, I don't want to rehash and, you know, but it's like everything that you said. But it's like that's something, you know. I'll tell a contractor flat out. It's like, hey, look, it's very much a business decision, and depending on like, you know, what is important to you, as cheesy as that sounds, that ultimately is going to inform which the decision you make. But in my experience. When you get a qualified public adjuster involved from the beginning and you have some continuity, and by the way, don't use just one public adjuster. You know, if you got a couple guys in your chamber with different specialties that you use when you run into to the, the right situations, like you, your best bet's to get them involved at the beginning. Because I know guys that have been adjusters for six months and I know guys that have been adjusters for 25 years. And we all say the same fucking thing. When you call me six months into a claim, everybody's everybody's life is more difficult. Every every single person, mine the, as the PA, the homeowners. Oh, talk about urgency, stress level. You're 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 waist deep into the claim. You know the homeowner wants stuff done. They're calling you every day, wondering when you can start. You're hemmed up because you got scope issues. I mean, the stress points at the claim that are going on in that claim by the time you involve or call somebody like me, everybody's pissed off. The carrier's pissed off because they've sent three inspectors out and state, you know, state farm, all state, whoever it is, they're looking at it going, we've already looked at this three times. We got it right. You know what I mean? So everybody, every, every negative or every negative facet of the claim is, you know, multiplied by 10 by the time you call me or, or not me, but you know, and I, and I walk them through that and I'm like, so then we've got to talk about what costs are associated when when you want to get a public adjuster involved at that point, whether it's me or the next guy, what costs are associated with everything that led up to that point? 
administrative costs, estimator costs, your in-house supplementer, your, you know, when I when I'm asking these things, I don't I don't mean it in a smug way. It's just like what, how much time has been spent by either you, Mister Business Owner, or your staff, or your sales rep, or how much time has been spent with them banging their head against the wall over the last you know insert number of months for us to just be in the same spot all right so and those are things that i i try to uncover because to me a big part of it is the process right so that's that's that is that is that is it that that's where it begins and ends is the process that's the most important that there it is and how that process is going to go because there is a process that the policy is lined out and then there's a process that we all follow Yep. Okay, so the process that the policy is lined out is pretty clear. When a loss occurs, there's a list of things that have to happen. Okay, and they have to happen pretty quickly in order to address the loss with any sort of accuracy and uh, and it, with any sort of you it it's got to happen pretty quickly in order to address it with accuracy and basically so that you can, that you can limit the amount of damage that is going to be done. So you've got to move quickly. So mitigation obviously is one of them. Notifying the insurance carrier is another one. If there's a crime that has been committed, notifying the police department, these are all duties after a loss that we get into. And then once you get past sort of what I would say would be the common sense items. Okay. If you've got a leaky pipe, turn off the water. Right. You know what I mean? If, right. if, if, if someone has broken into your house and stolen a bunch of stuff, by all means, please call the police department and have them come out and at least take a report. So all of these things are all sort of common sense things as it pertains to us maintaining a level of justice in our own world, right? Because this is a very abrupt thing that has happened to us and we have a we have a financial product in place to shore up when these unforeseen events happen. That's the whole idea. And you know, so oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And the thing is, here's and and this is what I want to drive at is the way that the policy is written with all of its ambiguity, with all of its weird language, with all of the things that it covers and all of the things that it doesn't cover, with all of its endorsements and its deck pages and its clauses and we will this and we will never and all of these we shall and you must and legal definitions and all of the things that we get into and we try to get super granular about the point is this that the policy is really clear what who is to spring into action when a loss occurs and that person. And if you look at all of the things that they're asked to do really and truly is all of the hard legwork that comes with dealing with the claim. And that includes what we all call the proof of loss. What we've got to do is we have to gather the documentation and by and large, the cost to replace it, the depreciated cost to arrive at the actual cash value of it. And so all of these things must be done. But here's the really funny thing is if we follow those guidelines and turn them in, the problem is, is they're not listened to by and large, because what does the carrier do? They have inserted this entire extra extra contractual process that basically gives them control of the entire narrative. We know that you owe what we owe you money, but we control how much we owe you. And that is going to change from time to time, storm to storm, loss to loss. And we're so, going to change that as it pertains to whatever it is that suits us. 
here's the thing. Everything that you just said is, is, I mean, it's true. But that delivery system doesn't sound practical to me. Because, again, if, if I'm coming from a contractor's point of view, it's like, well, that all sounds, you know, great, but, you know, so what do I do? Just assume well, that the first thing you do is don't play into their narrative. That's the very first Thank big, you. whether you hire me or hire somebody else or don't hire anybody at all, is don't play into their damn narrative because it, that's exactly what they want you to do. That's what I, that's what I wanted to pull out of you. And you know what, if, I, if I'm being practical about this or anybody that listens to this, you know, public adjusters or whatever, you know, and, you're ha and you find yourself in these situations or asking these questions, the reality is, you know, if you're trying to earn business because that's our lifeblood and contractors, I love them, man. They're, they're our lifeblood, our referral partners. And, you know, as public adjusters, we have opportunities to refer work to them and all that good stuff. It's a good thing. But the money matters can be tricky if you're not thinking about it in the, in the, in the right way. And so anyway, my thing is like, you know, some contractors, I'll get to the point, you know, I'll educate them, give them scenarios, but it comes down to, look, man, do one, do, do not one. I actually hate saying that, but do three with me. Bring me in at the Pick beginning. Pick a carrier. You know, Who's your most right. difficult carrier? Who's, who's the carrier that you... Yeah, yeah, bring me all no, your insert insert carrier, right? It doesn't. It, yeah. It's like, you know, what what scenarios what scenarios give you the most headache? You know, again, it, the different types of losses are are different. But, right. A general contractor but, may say, "I have the I have I have the most trouble with X carrier, but I only have trouble with them on roof claims. So I am going to give you all of the X carrier roof claims that come through my door, and we'll see how that goes." Here's here's something interesting. Um, it, I I actually had a conversation a couple months ago with um, a buddy of mine, who who actually you know ninety percent ninety five percent of his work is is roofing, and um, but he he started attracting like water claims. It was weird, and we were talking, and since we got out of supplementing, we, he doesn't use us as much anymore, or we you know we don't get as much work, uh, but whatever. And but it was interesting because we were talking. He's like you know. He was kind of griping about processing these water claims. They take forever and this and that. And and I just said to him, I'm like, dude, look, you know, the roofing's your wheelhouse. You got your machine dialed in. I'm like, if you run into an interior loss, just fucking call me. Do do one with me. From the beginning, let the homeowner know, you know, do whatever you gotta do. We'll have a conference call. You can hear how I explain the process to the homeowner and bring me in from the beginning. Long story short. You know, he did, you know, like uh, a month after the phone call, I get a call. It's like, dude, I just picked this thing off. You want to come out and look at it with me? Sure. Talk to the homeowner, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what the value in that was doing things in a particular order. Case in point, um, you know, mitigation. I'm like, dude, we got to get it done. Get it out here. Got the homeowner signed up. Got mitigation done. Called, engage the carrier right away. Let them, you know, put them on notice. Hey, um, they they confirm coverage, um, confirmed to get mitigation out there. Got help, you know, facilitated getting mitigation scheduled. You know, was checking in with the MIC contractors, to make sure everything was going the right way. You know, four days mitigations done. Adjuster meets on day, you know, day six, and an ACV check is released. 
you know, call it call it two weeks later. So this guy had done a couple water claims that, you know, he's waiting forever to get a check released and there's reasons for these problems versus like going out, having a process, controlling a narrative, doing the process the right way, not letting the insurance company do whatever the hell they want to do. And next thing you know, they're getting a you know a, a very nice release payment, undisputed payment, within a 45-day window of the claim being filed. Which I don't know. Again, you, you know, a room full of public adjusters. Everybody's got different opinions. From my point of view, if you're getting if you're getting you know a, a nice undisputed check release within 30 to 45 days, I think that's a pretty good timeline. Uh, like check in hand, in hand within 30 to 45 days. I think that's a pretty tight timeline, generally speaking. Um, and, you know, we, we had a conversation kind of after we got it settled and he did the work and all that, there was a supplement in there. We got that dealt with, but the, it was interesting because after the fact, he was like, you know, like what the, he kind of like looked at me and was like, how did that work? And I'm just like, look, man, it's, you do what you do. We do what we do. That's who, you know, when we get brought in at the beginning, like, there's a process to this shit. There's a difference. I tell you what, there's a big difference between going out and running an adjuster meet with some IA when mitigation isn't done yet. It's a huge difference. Yeah. You know? It, you know, it, it's, so it's all of those things kind of go into that selling situation where it's like, there's a lot, there's a lot more to talk about than, hey, what do we do? And I'll bookend it with this. When you've come across the objection, it's like, well, so you're taking 10% of the whole thing. We all know whether you're on the contractor side, the homeowner side, the adjuster side, there is a whole lot more that goes into this than us just exchange, you know, money exchanging hands. And the dialogue that we all need to be talking about more is what does it cost us to not do it the right way the first time? What does it cost us to drag it out for as long as it does? You know what I mean? And what does it cost us to actually go in and clean up the mess? And all of the things that we do yeah. that we have to turn the narrative back because you understand that while the carrier has the right to go in and conduct an investigation, and I don't have any problem with that, they do reserve that right. That is their right, their people, they can conduct their own investigation as it pertains to this loss. However, the responsibility and what we have to turn over is on us. And so then by that, by the letter of the contract, the, the burden of disproof then shifts to them or the burden of proof. You know, it's like you've asked me to prove it. I've given it to you and you can't just unilaterally say no, because that is a bona fide conflict of interest right there. Right. You know, so public adjusters, as it pertains to, you know, you know, justifying their fee, look, those in the areas that don't really know what a public adjuster is, you're going to have some trust issues. Okay. Because it's just going to be plain and simple. They don't understand who you are and what you do, but stand your ground. Do not discount your fee. I would not ever in a million years, you know, counsel someone to discount their fee. The only reason that I would ever discount my fee is if you're forcing people to pay for your learning curve. 
And that's about the only place that I would do that. But speaking of adjusters and contractors, Commercial Claims Advocate is coming back to Dallas, guys. They just did a huge meetup in Miami, and they are going to continue doing meetups this year. They've got four locations, and Dallas is the first stop, and they're going to be here on March the 3rd. And it's going to be located in David Buster's in Dallas. We'll have more details to come. But, guys, there's a lot of value there. I know that they're looking at some really, really big speakers to come, and it is going to be an awesome event. It's a great opportunity to network to get some education and then you know basically just kind of get pumped up everybody can use a camp high from time to time because the grind of this job can really get to you so join us on march 3rd with the commercial claims advocate and vince perry at dave and busters here in dallas i'll get i'll have more details on the location very soon but put it on your calendar march 3rd if you have any questions please feel free to hit me up you can reach me on instagram i'm at claims coach on instagram as well as tiktok and then you can find Jeremy on Facebook if you have any questions. And you can always drop your questions and comments down here after you click like and subscribe. <clears throat> so, here we go. You're getting better at that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're getting better at that. <laughs> I want to continue with fees. I'm not done with it. So, we're going to continue with okay. fees into round two. Okay. The biggest thing that I want to say, and Brent, thank you so much for bookending that, but as it pertains to justifying your fee, I'm really good there. Now what I want to talk about fees is should they, under the provision, under the current provisions of the policy, do you think, Brent, that our fees should be covered under a policyholder's policy? Yeah. And they now, would have to be. I don't I don't know. I, I mean, look, dude, I'm sitting here on the edge of my chair. They would have to be. And and it's like if you're thinking about it, I'm going to go first. And here's why they have to be. You have a contract that has two parties in it. You've got an insurance carrier and then you've got an insured. Those are the two parties. And generally, yep. what is the very first thing most insurance carriers do when there's a loss and they have to go investigate a loss? What do they do? I mean, that's a pretty generic question. It's it's a very, well, they send out an adjuster, right? And, right, and sometimes right, you'll right, get a staff right. adjuster, but a lot of times you'll get an independent adjuster. They have already hired and involved a third party that's into this. Now, the policy does not pay for that fee, but what does pay for the fee is their income, which comes from premium dollars. So I'm having a hard time making sense that your policy, or at least the money that you pay this carrier, you're not paying for their ability to, to investigate the claim because they don't have a source of revenue from anything else that I'm aware of, right? Um, as it pertains to this homeowner's claim. Well, let me unpack this really quick. You know, I'm just going to take the opposite side. Well, I want to be clear about something right now. There is nothing that we can argue to get our fees paid for. If you have one, I, I would, I would love to hear it, but right now, so this is all sort of, um, you know, rhetoric, but if we don't start yeah, the yeah. conversation, here's, here's, here's my, here's my hot take. Here's my hot take. My hot take is that if a public adjuster is hired and it turns out that the insurance company was wrong. So think of it. Think of it in in the the, the uh, from round one, right? If you get it at the beginning, 
by the way, this is completely stratospherically outer planetary. This will never happen. But in my mind, there's a part of me that could rationalize, look, if you hire a public adjuster at the beginning, that's an incurred cost. You deal with that. Right? right. If you if you want to hire if you want to hire this particular person, sort of like a real estate agent. You want to sell your house by yourself, guess what? You don't pay real estate agent fees. Right? Simple. If if you sell it by yourself, you don't pay the fees. You hire an agent, you pay the fucking fees. But Similarly, it's like if you want to hire an adjuster at the beginning, then then the fees are on you. However, if we make you a, a, a settlement offer and you decide to hire a public adjuster and it turns out that the public adjuster effectuates the claim in your favor, then we pay the fees. That's sort of my hot take on that. It's like, well, And that's my hot it, take on it. Well, if, a public adjuster gets involved, if a public adjuster gets involved and ultimately by virtue of executing the process the way it always should have been executed and the the sort of the the overt outcome is that the insurance company did not was perfunctory and did not do a good job what that means to me is that the public adjuster came in and to some degree did what the insurance company failed to do everybody else from the insurance company got paid we came in and did their fucking job for them so we should get they should pay our fee that's sort of the I, well, I, tried, I, I tried to get that out as quickly and succinctly as possible. But the, the problem but is, like, is they don't see they don't see us doing their job for them. They don't they don't they don't regard it as 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 such. And, and but the funny thing is, is the very first thing an insurance carrier does at once that a loss is reported is most commonly is they hire a third party to deal with it. And I just find that completely and totally mystifying. Well, well, so so here's the thing though. Here, here is the thing. It's a two-party contract. You said that at the very, very beginning of your thought. The two parties in the contract are the, the insurer and the insured, right? And the insured is the one making the claim. The insurer has the responsibility. They, they reserve the right to investigate the claim and do the things that they need to do to you know, confirm, validate, otherwise, and, and, and ultimately pay or not pay. So they reserve those rights. Guess what? If they don't want to inspect the claim and they just want to cut a check, they can do that. But if they inspect the claim and they determine, hey, we don't, we, we, we may, maybe we don't, we don't owe for that, then of course they, they do that every day too. Now, here's the point I want to make to you though. The other party is the insured, the policyholder. And so it says clearly in the policy that they have their duties. So the insurer has to hold up their end of the bargain and they, they reserve a whole lot of rights. And the insured, insofar as they want to get their claim paid, they got to prove their loss and they got to hold up their end of the bargain. And the contract is very clear. And so the insurance company's point of view, and I don't want to put words into the mouths of all of those, those big carriers, but the reality is they're looking at it going, Hey, it's not our, it's not really our fucking problem. If you don't know how to prove your loss or if you can't follow the directions that are, that are laid out for you right there in your policy, that's their point of view. Why, why would we pay for you to go hire someone? Like figure it out. We 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 the playbook is right in front of you. Duties after a loss. We tell you what we pay for, what we don't pay for, and if you have a claim, we tell you what you need to do in the event that you file one. Okay. My problem That's is all of these third, here's the deal. All of these third parties that they bring into this thing, whether it's an independent adjuster, an engineer, a mitigation company, does it none of those third parties are addressed within the policy at all. The only well, third parties that are really addressed are the contractors that come in on behalf of the insured, and they're they're addressed in 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 as it pertains to the proof of loss, and that is well, the only. So, 
Yeah, but but again, it, the the insurance company they reserved the right, and I'm speaking loosely here, but they they reserved the right to send out whoever it is. You know, if they want to send out so and so company to go do their bidding, they they reserve that right. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely, Brent. And, they, and, 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 I, and it follows suit. It follows suit that they pay them. They pay them. But that's not the point. That's not the point. Is that basically they can hire somebody to refute every stitch of evidence that you've turned in with no real scientific, scientific empirical data to stand behind it. It can just be somebody's opinion that happens to have a flipping degree and can tell you that all of the proof that you sent in is wrong. Yeah. Uh, all factual, all factual, all but nothing factual. you just, nothing you just said supports why a public adjuster's fee should be paid by the insurance company and not the homeowner. So I'm not saying I, it should be paid by the insurance company. I'm saying that it should be paid by the policy. Oh, and that's the difference. Oh, Ah, okay. I am saying that it is owed. It no, is no, no, no. The, the semantical, semantical delineation there. But I'm sitting right. here. I'm sitting here chirping about why, why the insurance, basically the insurance, the insurance company's point of view as to why they're not going, they don't pay it, and they're never going to pay it. It's like it's not our problem. If you want to hire a public adjuster, that's on you, right? That that's sort right. of the position that we hear all the time. What I'm talking about is leveling the playing field. If you get to hire experts with my premium dollars, then I should be able to hire experts with the same fucking huh. dollars. That's interesting. Yeah. No, dude, it's a sound argument. I mean, I, I don't really, I, I don't have a, the, the fucking, I don't have the secret sauce, you know, in ter- you know, unless, unless we all build a, a freaking lobby, you know. Well, and again, that's the whole point is that we, I mean, we can complain about this and never really be able to affect change in this at all. But as it pertains to insurance policies and what they cover, no, they're never going to cover our fees. It is, it is at our, is at the policyholder's discretion. You certainly don't have to have one, just like the house thing that you, that you had talked about. And so I get it. But the point is, is that it is a double standard. It is a bona fide double standard there. Let's talk. I want to, I want to extrapolate, uh, Something that, that, that I, I see with some, some frequency. I'm sure you do too, right? So the scenarios where on structural claims, I'll usually bring an engineer in from Jump Street. You know, Tree Taco's house. I'm going to bring an engineer and I'm going to advise the homeowner, hey, this is, a, this is an expense that we're going to incur, blah, blah, blah. And I'll bring an engineer in. And to just get to the point, like more often than not, the carrier will pay that fee. Okay. At least in my experience, I don't I don't have a whole lot of issues when the engineer you know getting engineers fees covered when I'm involved at the beginning, right? So just take that for what it's worth. But where shit gets interesting is when I get involved in a claim after the carrier has hired an engineer that has written a a, a stupid report, and then I want to get a second opinion. And the, this is the attitude that, that I get from the carrier. It's like, well, you can do whatever you want. We're not paying for it. That's so we're taking sort of this idea of whether it's the PA fee or just, you know, another expert fee where it's like in one breath, I find that the carriers are pretty amicable to it. Cause my opinion is like, Hey, either I hire an engineer or you're going to fucking hire one who cares. Right. So let's just get it done. But in another breath, 
if they hire the engineer first and we want a second opinion, then it's a problem. Oh, well, we're not paying for that. You know, we've already sent out our expert and we don't owe another dollar. That That is troublesome for me. Yeah. That is troubling. Troubling. It's like, so hold on. I just sent you the short list of 25 reasons why your engineer report doesn't make any flipping sense. Yep. And all I'm doing is asking, can we get a second opinion? And the answer that I'm getting is, go piss up a rope. Yeah, because, like you know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, and I mean, and, and so, and it ceases to be about investigating the loss and about establishing a narrative and a position that they want to do because it doesn't have anything to do with investigating the loss. It has to do with getting you out of pain what's owed for a, for a covered loss. That's the point. And guys, that's all we have time for today. It was only two rounds, but there was a lot of there was a lot of extracurricular activity. And if you're one of these public adjusters and you happen to have some experience and you're not really sure where you want to land, you've been slugging it out on your own and you're not really just getting any headway or any ground and you need some more training, you need some help, but you do have some experience, I have got some good news for you. Elite Resolutions out of Sarasota, Florida. You guys may have heard of it. Vince Perry is the owner of this. Um, is the owner of Elite Resolutions, and he is hiring right now experienced PAs both in Florida and in Texas. Now, here's the deal: is they're wanting you to have at least two years of claims experience, and you need to have already obtained um, your state license to be a public adjuster. So, get those things out of the way if you really want to be a public adjuster, or you already are one. Um, Please, guys, if you would like to reach out to Elite Resolutions, go to EliteResolutions.com. They've got the ability to apply and let them know that you're interested in the job. But they are hiring in the state of Florida and in Texas right now, which are both very claim-heavy states. And if you want to be a part of an awesome team and an awesome culture, check out EliteResolutions.com. Guys, that has been two rounds of excitement today. Um, Brent? Man, it's a pleasure as always getting to bounce things off and unpack and unpack and unpack things with you. It's always been fun. You want to get one more f bomb in there while we're while we're at it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I, I I think I think that from 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 that standpoint, this was my my worst episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised I you couldn't hear Donna rolling her eyes episode. every time you f bombed. So. <laughs> Baby cakes, baby cakes over there has got a smashed cupcake look on her face right now because of all of the, all of the, all of the editing that she's going to have to do. So, um, guys, I'm sorry we did not get to three rounds today. I, I probably you got a full compliment and a full episode here. So, um, that's fees. Love to hear your feedback. Love to hear your comments. Please click like and subscribe. You can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at Claims Coach. I'm also on Facebook. You can find Brent on Facebook as well. And, uh, make sure you go in and join our Facebook group, Pain of the Claim. They present the Rumble, they're the ones that are doing all of the hard work for us. And uh, obviously, click like and subscribe. We are looking forward to hearing from you, and we will see you on the next one.
It's over. Go home. <laughs>